Hi everyone, I'm David Green. Welcome to episode one of series 12 of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. I spoke recently to a senior leader in a global pharmaceutical company. Let's call her Rachel. Rachel told me that her team had just completed an important and particularly challenging global project. She also told me that in order to get the work done, she'd had to borrow resources from other business units and geographies into her team at short notice. When I asked Rachel how she was able to do this, she explained that it was thanks to the internal talent marketplace her company had implemented at the end of 2019. In this series of the podcast, we'll be taking a closer look at talent marketplace, what it is, why it's important, and how companies are using it. My guest in this episode is Ina Gancheva, a principal in Deloitte's human capital practice and a leading authority on talent marketplace. In Ina's words, Talent Marketplace has the potential to change the way organisations think about three fundamentals. One, work, by fractionalising work for increased efficiency. Second, the workforce, by unlocking greater potential and value. And finally, third, the workplace, by breaking down silos. In our conversation, Ina and I discuss the four P's of iterative, dynamic talent marketplace design. That's purpose, plan, programme and platform. We look at the role of HR in supporting the transformation and associated change management involved in Talent Marketplace. We talk about examples of companies who have implemented a successful Talent Marketplace and the benefits they are enjoying as a result. We look at the opportunities that Talent Marketplace provides to employees. And we look at how the pandemic has helped reshape the approach to Talent Marketplace. Finally, we ask whether Talent Marketplace will mean that jobs won't exist anymore. This episode is a must-listen for anyone interested or involved in HR transformation, internal mobility, workforce planning, people analytics, and HR technology. So that's business leaders, chief HR officers, and anyone in a people analytics, learning, or HR business partner role. Support for this podcast is brought to you by Gloat. Gloat's AI-powered talent marketplace allows enterprises to break down the silos, slowing them down, and enables agile, future-ready workforces. Gloat matches employees with internal opportunities by autonomously aligning talent capabilities and aspirations with the needs of the business. As a result, managers gain frictionless access to untapped talent at speed, reducing their reliance on hiring externally, while employees gain access to meaningful development opportunities and experiences, including projects, new full-time roles, mentorships, and more. The real-time data generated by the platform provides leaders with immediate visibility into the skills, aspirations, and availability of the workforce. Gloat pioneered the talent marketplace category and is trusted by some of the world's leading global enterprises today, including Unilever, Schneider Electric, Standard Chartered Bank, PepsiCo, Nestle, and many more. To find out more, visit gloat.com. That's G-L-O-A-T.com. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Ina Gancheva, Principal in Deloitte's Human Capital Practice to the Digital HR Leaders Podcast. Ina, it's great to have you on the show. Great to hear to be here. Thank you, David. Great. I'm particularly excited today because we're going to be talking about one of the most I think one of the most exciting concepts in our space at the moment, the talent marketplace. Ina, can you provide listeners with a first of all a brief introduction to your background and your and your role at Deloitte, and then we'll start getting into the talent marketplace piece. Yes, absolutely. So 
Uh, my background, it's actually a broad background in organization and workforce transformations, because when I think back, it has been over 25 years working with global clients of how to transform their operations, but very much with focus on the workforce and the talent aspects of it. So pretty much he's seen the journey from talent development, talent management now to talent mobility, and all the changes that we see future of work is creating now. So uh, my role at Deloitte, principal in the workforce transformation practice, and uh, leading also our services of how we help clients to enable talent marketplace as part of future of work, and how to transform their operations to get the full value of it. It's a, it's a new and exciting place, and I'm very, uh, very hopeful and uh, excited about the opportunity it creates for, for our clients and for all of us as both HR professionals and uh, as uh, uh, consumers of the consumer market. It's certainly, it's certainly an exciting concept, and it's, it's quite, you know, we're going to talk through it for, the, for our full 45 minutes together. You know, for, for our listeners who might not yet be familiar with Talent Marketplace, or they've maybe heard different interpretations of what it is. Can you give us a quick introduction as, as to what it is? Yes, and you know, you also notice there is a, you know, we call it talent marketplace, sometimes we call it talent marketplaces. Opportunity marketplace is another uh, label that we use at Deloitte. And uh, but if we, I try to simplify and say what is it and why it emerged, um, I would call it, we see it's a new operating model. In some places, it's called new organization design or next-gen talent management. But pretty much, it is a different way to look at supply and demand of talent in the organization. So it's, a, it's based on a much more market dynamics, and that's what you see, the marketplace label uh, with the supply demand. And the interesting label between talent or opportunity, it is because about it's not just about the movement of people and the talent, it's also the opportunities people explore. So that's why I think both both titles are relevant. And it, sometimes you see it in plural, sometimes you see it in singular. And I think we're starting with the marketplace of kind of establishing the foundation. But uh, we also believe that as it evolves and more and more companies start to set it up, it will also start to evolve to talent marketplaces, which will be more specific about the exchanges of particular uh, activities and roles. And uh, when we think about what, what is different about it, it's like, why did it emerge? We see a lot about the need to start thinking about work differently. You know, future work has started to transform organizations. We talk a lot about digitalization, which also drives the different way to talk about productivity and innovation. And you've probably seen like the Jeff Schwartz just published the book, Work Disrupted. So we're moving to a very different direction on work uh, that is one part of what happens in organizations, right? We get work and the work is disrupted, new ways of doing it. And also we see the change in workforce expectations. I mean, we've been talking about longer careers, right? You know, the 60-year 60, uh, 60 career. But we also look from, you probably are familiar with the latest human capital trends. And we saw again from last year, 2020, now into 2021, the importance of how people want to have more belonging in the organization, how to look at your potential. So it's truly starting to look at also people's expectations about what they get from their work experience. So when we connect the work disrupted and talent expectations evolving, here we come to a different way of how that connection happens. And that's where I think talent marketplace becomes the next generation, um, the next generation solution. Great. Well, we're certainly going to get into the into the detail. I think as we as we continue talking, um, obviously 
has a big impact potentially on HR. Um, you know, why should HR professionals pay attention to the developments in talent marketplace or, or opportunity marketplace? Why is it? Why is it important? It's one of the most exciting and novel ways for us when you think about HR being at the forefront and HR driving uh, the, the strategy, the workforce strategy, the enablement of the organization. This is where talent marketplace starts getting really, really relevant because how work is done and how people get the work done is the intersection of what HR can enable. So when we think about the benefits of what talent marketplace starts to create to the workforce about these new opportunities and use of skills, people bring a lot of experience to their, to their current role. But most of the processes that we've been using so far focus on somebody working in a role and then preparing for the next level role. And very frequently, as we've seen into multiple you know, statistics, if people don't see a way to grow and or to find the next level role in their organization because there is no visibility or there is no no clear channel or they're not sure how to go about it or they feel like they're going to be betraying their team or their managers with their desire to do something different, they look elsewhere. And, and also, again, the cycle of how you get somebody fast to productivity, especially as markets are so dynamic right now. This is one lens. We also look at how HR can, can help the business be nimble and really reflect uh, the needs of how the business is, is moving. This becomes another dimension. How can HR be on the forefront of thinking about the work, the changes in the market, and the allocation of the workforce? And also, another dimension is how HR can continue to innovate and have data to know where things can innovate. And kind of the talent marketplace gives this really interesting intersection about the, this, uh, all these dimensions. And, um, you know, we also see where I was looking at some of the statistics that we that we were able to capture through human capital trends. And we noticed that when we talked about talent marketplace, internal mobility in the organization was seen very important. Over 70 percent of those respondents said it's important for us. But only about 30 had things in place like different programs in motion to, to address that. So I believe HR is not. Um, is not surprised. Actually, HR is intrigued and excited. And probably the most the question we see from our clients is about how to go about it, what is different, and also how to accelerate. Yeah, and I suppose if you look at what it potentially offers, I mean, it goes right across a whole remit of what HR offers. So, you know, we, we you know, in HR, we're concerned about retaining our best talent. We're concerned about mobility. We're concerned about development. We're concerned about closing skills gaps. Uh, we're com- concerned around giving people opportunities in their careers to develop. We're we're concerned about maybe giving them opportunities for rotation for for all these types of things. And yes. talent marketplace pretty encomp- can encompass all of this. Exactly, exactly. And I'm going to add also the component. There is a big component of the you know the workforce and the talent. This is what you articulated so well right now. But this also brings the opportunity for HR to also talk about how work is being done, which is the business side of the equation, about how we can conduct what activities need to happen, how we can organize work, not just in stable, static, siloed roles or processes, but how the work can be done leveraging different expertise. When I mentioned earlier about people bring variety of skills to their roles, how can we tap in the entire experience? 
How can we help people build what we call adjacent skills, things that are easy to develop or people with a similar portfolio develop so to continue to grow the capacity in the organization, how to deploy that capacity fast. That's a conversation that HR can also start to own and drive forward, uh, which again, gets it to the next generation to a different platform. And all that is powered up by the way the talent marketplace operates, the supply demand of work and skills, and also the AI that allows that matching to happen in a much more real time with a lot more data and that, a lot more analytics than in any other time uh, that we had before. I mean, the opportunity is big and, and, and the need is important. But it's clear that implementing a talent marketplace or an opportunity marketplace is a is a transformation program. It's not a one-off exercise. Um, you know, do the organisations that you work with have concerns about the scale of the journey to shift to talent marketplace? And it, and if so, how do you alleviate some of those concerns? Yes, it's an excellent question because depending on how you look at it, it can feel like relatively easy and not that transformational. It's like, yeah, we're just going to do a little bit more movement in the organization. We already have some internal mobility processes. Most companies have some programs around that. And on the other end, if you kind of go scaled up, it's like it starts to become so big and so complex and so complicated and so cumbersome that it can be like, is this the right time for us to embark on it? And what we work with our clients is actually find the middle ground to say, it is a journey. And as with any journey, it starts with specific steps because the opportunity of the journey, the opportunity of the and the benefits, which you can realize not only when you reach the destination, but also as you build it, are enormous. And it's very important for competitive advantage, for uh, internal positioning, for just realizing the value of the people capacity and the organizational capacity. So again, going back to, the, to this very strategic role that HR can play. But you asked me, it's like, how can we guide, like what we see as clients who take the journey where they focus to minimize the complexity and make it organized. And I would say probably there, there are two, two things when I think about it. It's like, one is start with a pilot, start with an MVP, start with a pilot and have a roadmap. Because those are the two things that helps to organize how you're going to grow up. And we sometimes our town programs have run as design, deploy, kind of like a one dimension. And the talent marketplace is more because it has a technology component about it as well. It actually starts to come in waves. It comes to starting this agile projects when you start to build on each other. So when you start with each one of them, it's easier to build up. And in the article that we published in September, we talked about those like five, four steps, you know, the the purpose, the plan, the platform, the program. And um, and the reason we call them out is because we found how each one of them, when you sequence in the right way, helps to address the dimensions and really become a roadmap. And for those listening, we'll put a link to that article um, in the sort of the, 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 the articles that actually support this podcast as well. So you'll be able to click into it as well. Um, yeah, I mean, and I guess it's such a big, if you spent years trying to create a talent marketplace and then try to do this big bang implementation, you'd already need to iterate and update it. So this new way of working maybe with, with HR programs, which maybe hasn't been traditional in the past, is start with a pilot, get feedback, iterate, improve, communicate, 
it almost creates some excitement and some momentum around this as well. Okay, and learn, learn from, learn from the pilot. Yeah. Yes, exactly. A lot of programs start with the pilot, so I don't want to say that the pilot is the new step, because many many HR professionals be like, yeah, we pilot a lot of things. It's about what you pilot and how you monitor it. And I think this is the difference of what we see from just the traditional talent process in how dynamic the supply-demand dimension of the talent marketplace is. The importance to really stay very close to it, almost like a product launch, to fine-tune, to get insights, to continue the momentum. Because you hear me repeating over and over again, and we see this as really the un- kind of like the engine behind it. It is the more supply there is of work projects, full-time roles, depending on the, again, the MVP becomes important where you want to start and what you want to add. And the match of people who are interested and able to complete that. So there is a win-win between the business leaders or the managers who are looking for work, for, for, for help with their work, and the employees who are looking for opportunities for growth, for expanding their skill set, for additional capacity allocation of their capacity, again, depending on the MVP. That dynamic needs to be continuously fed. Because in any marketplace, and you, you can probably even see some of the, the materials we put out there, it's a true marketplace when you have the goods and you have the customers. The more there is the proper exchange and the excitement, the more that happens. So the role of HR starts to change. And one of the things that we notice and that's important to emphasize is the, the importance of high customization, speed, and don't do it alone. Because HR needs to truly stay in the kind of in the forefront to guide and to be visible. And what we find is that when when we work with our clients, we look at the opportunity of how we can help them accelerate support and how we can help them with guiding them on the journey so they truly can allocate their own capacity and their own insights in the fastest way. And I guess, as you said, it's a product. So one of the key things about products is people need to use it. So you need to make it... Very much so. Very much so. It, it has product dimensions. It also also has CRM dimensions because when we talk about change management, is you hear many, many times people talk about it. We absolutely emphasize it. Change management is absolutely critical. But it is the change management that brings the different dimension of much more of a brand and product launch. not not in addition to the classic change management of engaging stakeholders and the right messages. And we noticed this, you know, in Deloitte, we actually have a talent marketplace. We launched it uh, two years ago. So some of the lessons learned that we bring to, to the journey is not just from knowing how business operates. It's also from us walking our own journey with that. And the importance of really looking at the something that we, we took a look at, we looked at different uh, different users and the different personas of the new hire who is ready to jump on a talent marketplace because they're excited and they don't have the solid network to the person who needs additional time because they want to make sure that they, uh, you know, they are fully utilized to the person who wants to learn new skills to the manager who needs work to the skeptic who is never going to use it or to the person who wants to test it. Uh, and the people who are also extremely tech savvy and have been using crowdsourcing and they're excited to be part of it, those people who are just started to learn how to think and use some of these things. So when you start approaching it from that angle, you start to see how different the the, uh, the customized approach is. And one more thing to call out here is that 
the, the value and the beauty of talent marketplace when it operates from an end user perspective is the customization, the highly profile experience, which we also see the AI enables and as the AI, the machine learning allow it to do. So therefore, how we enable it is also highly customized. So this is probably the place that we see also HR needing the most um, you know, additional support because these are not necessarily capabilities that HR has or normally would have to, to guide something to that fine-tuning, customization, branding, and positioning. But as an injection of that one at the beginning, that starts to drive the engine. And certainly one question I know I get oh I get asked a lot about talent marketplace is what what's the MVP? How do you get started? So how do you come to the the, the MVP or for those at minimum viable product? And, and do you have any examples from your experience that you can draw on? Yeah, I'm actually con- going to continue with this with the story that we have. I mean, I'm going to call out my gigs right now for that because when we looked at the MVP. Um, Definitely, the MVP has to be tied to the business needs. So we've talked about what is why we're doing it and why we why what we want to accomplish and what are the immediate priorities and what are the longer term priorities tied to our business. Um, in our case, we were looking for ways to redeploy people faster and to utilize their capabilities. So there was a combination of both, and we definitely need to look both at the needs and the levers to get this for these people, but also at barriers. Because we looked at not only into the what will enable people with frequently we focus on, we actually looked at what will stop people using it. And this gave us a very different insight. Again, the CRM approach to, to the process to look at it. So the business needs, the customer focus to look at how we're gonna tie to it. Very much focus on when you look in an MVP what are some of the policies? And that's where we found a lot of the barriers, that people were uncertain what they can do or how they could do it. And in some cases, it's not, we find when we work with our, um, with our clients, it's not that the policies are not available. Are, people don't know what they are, they don't know where to find them, or they do not reflect this dynamic ability. Um, and very much about the need to do this rapid modification is very much part of the MVP. So um, those will be probably the key ones I'm going to call out as, as most relevant uh, because the, this starts to generate a lot of insights of how to continue to scale it up. And I guess going back to the change management piece, just thinking obviously HR has got a central role in that. But I guess a, there's a huge change management around managers because, you know, managers need to be advocates of this, presumably, so that their empl- so their employees or their team members that actually want to participate in this can do so feeling that they've got the support of their managers. Yes, yes, and yes. Uh, and the reason for that is uh, because managers are one of the parties, right? They're the ones who generate the supply. They're the ones who need the work. They're the ones who also groom talent. So therefore, creating value for managers is important and helping them, um, helping them really be be able to see the value for themselves and have the skills to think about it. Earlier in our conversation, I called out, you know, work, work disrupted, how work starts to be done, not just in full-time roles, but also in projects or in supplemental activities. And this is, this is a new frontier for many organizations and for many managers, how to think about the work that way. And this is where HR has a big role to help managers to think about the work that way, organize the work that way, put the policies in that in that way. So the 
So therefore, when you have something to fill in, it's actually easier. I don't say it's going to be easy, but easier to start that journey. Also, the mindset shift about what man, what the manager can do and accomplish. Uh, the fact that groomer of talent, the ability to actually tap into a network of people. One of the, 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 the stories that we heard from, from uh, one of our clients was a lot talking about uh, a manager was sharing their experience that they really needed specific skill set. And when they eventually put the project on the, on, uh, on the talent marketplace, they were astounded by the talent that exists in the organization to do that. Said I never, I would have always gone to my network and I felt like I'm in the, I'm in the land of scarcity. And most managers operate with the land of scarcity because our networks are relatively siloed and our networks also stay within the people we know the function we operate in. And when you look at the land of plenty is actually what the talent marketplace creates. When you can look at all the capacity and capability in the organization and who can step in and help you do that. That becomes a huge role for HR to support managers. And the other part I want to call out about managers and change management is the voice of those who find success and the voice of leadership. And that's gonna, I'm going to tie it back to the MVP and to the very pragmatic way tied to change management of the work. In our case in Deloitte, we found out significant uptake when some of our key leaders, our consulting CEO, our top leaders talk about my gigs. Not only about you know supporting and visibly explaining it because that's where we started. We started with the buy-in and the business reason for that. But also they followed up on our next talent market uh, town hall with the stories about what happened between them asking people to join and what happened afterwards. With the leader saying, we need to do some work and the leader saying, Hey, how about we test the talent marketplace and see what happens? Because employees saw the opportunity to, it's okay, and you can try, and we can learn together. So it, that's where the value of HR in being enablers, finding what the concerns are, starting to address them becomes so critical. I mean, I think you've spelled some of them out already, but I think it'd be helpful to, to maybe summarize some of this. Benefits here. What are the benefits to organizations who implement talent marketplace? I think there's probably a lot, but I'll let you talk about the main ones. And can you draw on any examples as, as part of that as well? Yes. So we can talk about, first of all, let's talk about redeployment. And I want to call out redeployment because it's particularly relevant right now as we go through, you know, through um, COVID 19, through the pandemic, and how we can realign people to both during the during the crisis of the pandemic of, as we were uh, shutting down, but also how now organizations and teams are going through the acceleration to from what we call a recover and thrive to different ways. So access to knowledge of where the skills are, how you can redeploy the skills, uh, and do this in a very organized way, like you have data for that. Um, so this is something that allows in Deloitte, allows us to, leverage capacity and put it in the right place. We also see companies that look at how you can partner within the organization, but also across organizations. Do you have actually the opportunity to think about talent across different companies? Uh, we saw a lot of this happening uh, at the beginning of the pandemic with re realigning employees from different areas. The other place that, that we talk a lot about is actually, um, I'm going to call it the, the dimension of belonging of actually retaining talent. 
And even though we're going through another, uh, you know, very different uh, market conditions, retention of talent is going to be a very big priority, especially key talent. So, and what we find also, people start to look for different roles, uh, especially people who have been in their roles for three to five years, because they're ready for the next challenge. And we anticipate that COVID-19 giving a lot of kind of opportunity for people to think about what they want to do, how to do things next. The virtual work is starting to affect uh, how people plan their next steps in their careers. So how can you retain that talent and give people the opportunities to find ways to do the work? So that the, 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 the different skill allocation, the retention of talent, the opportunity to really break organizational silos. And this is something that companies have been struggling and do, working with for many, many years. And this is another dimension, another lever to do that, because in this case, you look across the organization. The ability to support diversity and inclusion efforts and to give access to diverse talent, because here you're really breaking the networks wide open and you're looking at what people bring to the table. Um, so those are some of the kind of like the very quick ones about, you know, collaboration, networking, uh, break of silos, better utilization of talent. Increase in productivity, you've probably heard a lot of stories about how clients talk about the improvement of the capacity in the organization and the unleashed productivity. Uh, one of the consumer goods companies that you know talks about it, they unlocked about almost like 20,000 project hours when they started looking into talent marketplace. Um, those to me are such exciting moments and such exciting stories when you can hear the individual story saying, I was able to find a dream job and I don't have to leave the company and leave my team, uh, to people saying, you know, we have actually tapped into capacity and we were able to redeploy our people. Well, I guess it's speed as well, isn't it? Speed comes with, yes, definitely access to data so you can make decisions based on data. I think that brings the speed. And also the ability to see how things react, react and course correct, like how people react, how the program is going. That's another thing that gives speed. So you, you mentioned one example there, a consumer goods company that unlocked 20,000 project hours, which is pretty impressive. You know, what does an effective opportunity marketplace or talent marketplace look like? And, and how can we measure it? Obviously, that's one way. What are, what are some of the ways that we can measure it? Yes. And I know a question of measurement is always very, very important of where you start to, to look at it. And so, so on the capacity side, you definitely can look you know, at productivity hours. You can look at new projects. You can, you can look at retention. But also when you think about how do I, what do I start to track so I know if my talent marketplace is getting the right momentum, right? When we talked about the viability to start the supply-demand engine. And you start looking at you know, data such as like the number of new registrants, the profiles that people completed, and how much what you have target the population and how much is your adoption, how much you how many projects were posted and how how many hours those projects are actually being allocated. Uh, the matching of how close is the matching, the length of time a project is staying open before something, you know, because before it gets closed or gets abandoned. The diversity of users, when you look about, do people look through different business units? So it gives you a variety of statistics that you can start looking into how I can look at the measurements of what I'm looking at, and therefore I can drive the results. And I guess ultimately, if you're looking at 
you know, one of the big challenges for organisations, if we think about skills, is they don't necessarily know what skills they've got in the organisation. I, I guess talent marketplace can help provide more information around that. And that obviously informs, you know, strategy around build versus buy in terms of talent, but also potentially around acquisitions and, and stuff like that and location. So it really opens up and provides information that supports all those sort of really big business decisions. It does. And it also opens the door for another conversation. And that's something that is very, very, very hot off the press on our end when we talk about workforce ecosystems. Because we talk about, you know, build, buy or borrow and uh, workforce. And with the talent marketplace and this, in, this insight, you start to look at HR will be able and business leaders will be able to look at the workforce that is available within the organization, but also talent and skills outside the organization. So the boundaries of not only organizational units get blurry and dissolved, but also inside, outside the organization. When can you bring that expertise? How you can deploy it? So you have access, when I talked about the land of plenty, you have access to skills and capabilities that are way more than what you can see immediately just in your department or the people who are in a similar department in another company. So we talked a bit about measurement. Um, obviously, implementation is a big challenge around this. And we talked about ways in which you can do that, you know, piloting and, and, and starting small. What are the key actions that you've seen in standout implementations, especially after maybe the talent marketplace has been launched, in order to maintain momentum? So I won't put words into your mouth, but I bet some of this is probably about communication. Uh, it is about communication. And I'm going to call another one that is about innovation. So the communication is about, obviously, visibility of success and the stories because a talent marketplace, as in any, any product launching, you want people to use it because they hear positive things about it and they hear those very specific stories. Um, earlier, I mentioned all these type of personas and those users, you know, the skeptic and the fast adopter. But think about there's so many nuances there. And the more people hear stories, and the more people can be very tangible of how things were solved and the unique problems they get solved, that gives hope and that gives the opportunity to fix up interest. And when the information is available and it's easy to access, which means some reminders, some continuous, uh, easier workflows to get to that information, adding it to the flow of work. Because if you need to do extra steps or this is a maybe, it's much harder than this is a regular way how I can access that capacity. That becomes makes it easier for people to, to use it. The innovation I want to call out is because when people ask the question, well, if we have like a well-functioning talent marketplace, how we know it's like, what's next? The next is actually the talent marketplace starts to create, opens new doors for using that supply demand away for very different areas, for the very different capacity. That's why we call it the next generation. Because if you see, start seeing that innovation, that will also continue to drive adoption. And it becomes a very, very much a cycle when we have the, the dynamics of end user value to business process value to opening new doors. So that's why at some point it becomes much more self-sustainable. And that's why I want to call again HR being on the forefront of it, being able to really drive it and being able to accelerate that journey, that will create a huge value to the organization. 
I mean, I, it, we've already talked a little bit about the pandemic. I think obviously you highlighted the, the benefit of redeployment because obviously, as you said, that's that's really pertinent to the moment. And um, when we actually caught up a week or so ago, you actually made an interesting observation about how the pandemic has changed the way the talent marketplace should be approached. Should be approached. Can can you expand a little bit on that for for our listeners? So we we can talk about like you know, the pandemic created so many disruptions. And in some cases, the disruption, yeah, it's an understatement, I, yeah, too, because it both created the opportunity to know work can be done differently and remote work is possible, but also created the, the, made it so important for us to know how you maintain your network, how you maintain opportunities during, you know, in virtual environment. How do you really think about doing work, being a remote worker and staying connected to the organization? How you maintain the culture? how you have access to the mentors or to people that you would normally meet during the course of your day or the insights that you get just being at work and now everything is going through Zoom into a different channel. So that kind of combination between how to get this paradox of there is more, but the old ways don't work. That's where the talent marketplace starts to help because talent marketplace is not only about uh, work and finding projects. It's also about ways of thinking about skills and building those skills. It's also opportunities to be a mentor or to search for mentors and get connections. It's an opportunity to put your own skill set and your own interests out there and see how the engine will help you find the right connections. A lot of the work is being done through AI, which is something that we never experienced when we are in the same marketplace, but virtually it works really well. and it also starts to break the the, op, the the pockets of people that we normally interact with. And to me, the last thing is like it's the invisible dimension that we bring our past experiences. You talked about skills and how we you know skills become so important. Uh, we see the skills usually tied to a current role or to the way the person is. We experience the person in our latest interactions. What else do they bring, and how can we connect those dots? And I guess with. I mean, it's probably dangerous to prophesize what might happen when hopefully the pandemic's over, but it's probably safe to assume that we're not going to go back to the old ways of, of working and, and, and we're likely to be, depending on the roles and skills that we've got and companies working, we like to be working in a more hybrid environment. So I'm guessing that this is going to evolve the, 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 the talent marketplace, maybe speed up some of the ideas and concepts that we were thinking would be coming next. I mean. Are you seeing some of that playing out already? Uh, yes, I would say yes, because we see that, you know, work is done differently. People have different expectations. You know, we talked about work disrupted, that we'll see work being done in a re-engineered, much more modular, different way. So that is not going away. So we need to have a, a, a technology, a process, a platform to accomplish that, to, to capture that. People's expectations about unleashing their potential. This is one of the big trends that we're talking about. How you realize your potential, how you start to learn in the flow of work, how you start to continue, have this continuous growth, even the short lifespan of technical skills as they evolve, the importance of, you know, this innate human capabilities. How can we connect that that continuous dimension, this continuous development in a way that both meets the needs of the business and meets the individual perceptions and the, the individual needs. Those things will continue to drive it. And therefore, when we think about talent marketplace, 
it becomes really the underlying accelerator, the underlying enabler. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, we've looked at we looked at talent marketplace quite a lot from the perspective of the organisation and, and of HR, and obviously we've touched on the you know what it means from an employee perspective. But let's dig in a little bit a bit more around that now. You know, what kind of development opportunities are workers today looking for? Because I think it's a it's, it's pretty broad, isn't it? You know, and how are careers evolving to meet the demands of, of those workers? And, and then how does a talent marketplace support that? So it's interesting that you ask this question because depending on which group of employees you look at, uh, th- those needs will be different and they'll be shifting. You know, there'll be people who are looking to build more skills and expand their skills. There are people who are looking to deploy their skills and get more fulfilling and more better utilization of their current skills. Uh, so when we look at the, the range, like we look at people are starting to look at ways of how can I continue to expand what I already have and get more momentum with the work I can do. And this is where we think about projects and ready now talent for certain work. Uh, and that definitely was one of the lessons learned that we had in our uh, in our own uh, piloting the um, my gigs and also looking at the at the lessons learned as we continue to scale up. There's also the need to say, I want to test different areas. So I'm looking for learning opportunities. I'm learning to supplement, to be part of a project, be part of a, of a, of a component of something that will give me the exposure or will help me learn it. And this is an interesting dimension because what we found is that it's important also to position the mix between managers looking for ready now people and when you have the situation in which they have access to learners, there is a disconnect and mismatch of expectations and vice versa. Learners are looking for quick projects or hours allocated to something so they get the exposure and everything that find is full-time long-term projects. And they're like, I'm not ready for it or I'm not interested in that. So that's why when we went back to the conversation about how HR can help to have the range of options, that becomes very critical. Because when we have this mix of both, what can I deploy now? What can I learn for next level? What insight I get about my readiness for a next level role? That's another dimension that we talked about very briefly about the career dimension. Because people are interested in exploring different careers. And the beauty of the talent marketplace is that it gives insight into how good of a match you are to different careers, different roles or different tasks. And therefore, how it can inform your development plan and how it can inform it through learning. So really good connection about what resources I can tap into. How can I best spend my time in upskilling myself and which people or which projects can help me to do it through mentoring or learning on the job? That full cycle about learning when we talk about how can I work in the flow of work? How can it be very pragmatic? How can it be very targeted? Uh, That is another dimension. And depending on where employees are in their own development, that becomes another insight, another plan, another opportunity to connect with their leader, with their coach, with their own network, and plan how they can grow within the organization. I just think the opportunity it offers to employees is so much because if we're moving from what has traditionally been quite rigid, you know, you've got you're doing a certain job, you've got certain skills. If you, you can apply for another job within the organization. Um, you generally won't get it if you haven't got the skills. So you need to learn the skills. 
Uh, whereas here, you, the, the opportunity is much more fluid, as you said, that, that ability to kind of learn in the flow of work, do a stretch assignment, for an example, and, you know, look at, you know, as you said, if the technology is helping you understand the adjacent skills, so it's not too much of a stretch, that's that, that, then that kind of works quite well. Uh, and I guess then we've got the analytics that you can have underlaying that to actually understand, okay, how successful are people in the stretch assignments in, with these skills? So it kind of opens up a whole um, Pandora's box of data for, for the analysts to kind of get into as well. So really, really exciting stuff, um, which kind of leads quite nicely onto the final question and the one that we're asking everyone in this series. You know, will talent marketplaces mean that jobs don't exist anymore? This is a very provocative question. That, that's an excellent question. And, uh, you know, it, I, I'm going to go back to the, to the conversation about jobs. We talked about work disrupting. Work will be done differently. So jobs will start to change and they will be done differently. So they will evolve with the new skills. They will allow us to deploy them differently. Work, again, would look on a range of projects to full-time roles, to long-term projects, to gig assignments. Therefore, what work we do and how our job looks like would be different. Are we going to be a full-time employee for something, full-time dedicated resource, a gig worker, an advisor, uh, a mentor? Those will be multiple hats that we can wear as employees in the future. And the talent marketplace will allow that fragmentation and also enrichment of work and of jobs to happen. So I find it very exciting. I find this is a very fulfilling experience and I think it's an amazing opportunity for HR to both support and guide this journey. Well Ina it's been an absolute delight to talk to you um, you know thanks for being a guest on the on the show can you let listeners know how they can stay in touch with you and, and follow you on social media if you if you do the social media stuff? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Excellent questions and uh, really a topic that we can continue to talk about and I hope we'll continue to talk about in the, you know, in the coming years. Um, the easiest way to get in touch with me was going to be through LinkedIn. Uh, it is a wonderful platform that we can all see the latest in uh, eminence resources, things that I find exciting. And also it's very easy to connect with through my LinkedIn connection. It is. Okay. Well, we'll put those details in the, the, the copy around the, the podcast. Ina, I, I would love to talk to you in a, a year's time and understand the evolution of talent marketplace because I think they're going to develop quite quickly and at pace, um, you know, particularly perhaps relating to some of the um, issues we talked about coming out of the pandemic. So but great on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. You can subscribe by your podcast app of choice. If you did enjoy listening, Please do rate the show on your podcast app and share it with your friends and colleagues via social media. We rely on your feedback and support to keep being able to make the podcast. If you haven't already, do check out the MyHR Future Academy at myhrfuture.com. It's a learning experience platform for HR professionals looking to get certified in people analytics, digital HR and workforce planning. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter by going to the MyHR Future website. That's all for this episode, but please make sure you tune in next week when we'll be speaking to Jeroen Wells, Executive Five President at Hunilever, about flex experiences, one of the most advanced examples of talent marketplace I've come across. So don't miss that one. Until then, stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you next time.